Um, yeah, uh, the young Vic asked me, um, or told me, they were actually going to do a series of podcasts to celebrate uh, 25 years of taking part. And uh, they were open to suggestions. So I thought of one which involved us uh, that have been around for a while here with taking part and our involvement. And that's how we came up with the uh, title, We Took Part. And who are you? I'm John <laughs> And John very kindly invited me, Dan Delamotte, to uh, be part of this as well. I'm not a member of Taking Part, but it was my immense privilege to be a member of the Taking Part team, the staff here, uh, for a number of years, um, right up until uh, the COVID pandemic. So here we are again today. And sitting to my left is the lovely... Thelma. And I'm now an elder... I wasn't when I started in taking part, which probably about 16, 15 years ago it was going well before I started. And how did I get here? Would you like to know that? Go for it. Tell us. <laughs> I think I was unemployed. Obviously, I wasn't self-financing anyway. Greatly qualified and wasn't getting a job, so I needed something to occupy my brilliant mind, and I found taking part. So I joined in. Brilliant. Well, more of that later. And next to Thelma is? Uh, I'm Pixie Madison. Uh, I've been involved for about six years, I think. And I'll tell you some more stuff about myself later. And on the other side of the table is? Hello, everyone. My name is Alyssa Christie. And I've been with uh, Jan Vic, uh, taking part since 2016. Um, I started with taking part when I was in a recovery college. I was doing an acting course where I met my fellow actor, Daniel Coakley. And then one thing led to another. Um, I, I took, after I completed that class, I took another class uh, with Daniel as well. He was at the, John will remind us. The flight um, in Hackney uh, with Jeanette Walk. That's it, it was the flight. That's where I met John, and John then introduced me to Jan Vic. So, and I've been a part of the taking part ever since. Fantastic. John, should we go around the table and ask people what their first experiences and their first memories of taking part are? Oh, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> um, let's um, start with. Oh. Hi. I, when I first took part, it was brilliant. I think it was Imogen or Christine. I can't remember who it was. But we did so much and we did choir. I couldn't sing, but I found I could sing in a choir. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just find somebody who could hold the notes or I could hold my note with them. We did quite a few projects and we did we we actually did performances, say, on the, the graffiti channel and things like that. What else would you like to know? One of my best, the very best taking part I did, and I even wrote about it, was, that was, can you remember, John, the week dancing for 60-year-olds? You had to be 60 to take part. It was a intergenerational project, and we did it with younger people. So it was brilliant, because if we forgot the step the next day, the young people remembered. <laughs> <laughs> And we actually, we learned proper dance steps. They didn't, and it was brilliant. We did a, a performance. It was an intensive week. And I think that was one of the best 
ever taken part project that I did. Amongst all the wonderful things. Did it keep you fit as well, Thelma? It did. And it made you happy. And are you a better singer now as well? (laughs) Never! (laughs) (laughs) Talking about singing, um, I remember Pixie, the very first time I met you or saw you, you were singing You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman at the top of your lungs. Tell us all about that. Uh, Yeah, well, that's how I got involved with the Young Vic. So, um... My mate John Watts, who's sorting out some of this podcast, uh, said, come along to this thing. I've, I've been homeless at the time. And he said, they're doing a play about homelessness at the Young Vic. So we spent a long time workshopping it. And then when it came to the performance, I was sing- I was on stage and I told a story about my youth and whatever, which culminated with me having nine women backing singers and me singing... You make me feel like a natural woman. Now I am a six foot one skinhead, so it was um, it was it was an amazing experience. And I, I mentioned this to Dan before the podcast that I came off the stage on the final night and I decided I wanted to be an actor. It's people talk about life changing things. This place changed my life completely. It's, it's an amazing thing. I'd always thought, I w- I'd never known what I wanted to do when I was 56 or whatever. Never had an ambition. And suddenly, this is what I want to do. And it, if the young Vic hadn't have been there, I wouldn't have had that. So I've got them to thank and occasionally curse for that. <laughs> and are you going to sing that to, for us again today? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to actually ask uh, Elisa about your first experience because I've got a feeling I know which one it was. Uh, yes, my first experience was with, I remember a director, Anna Givan. I hope I'm pronouncing the name right. Gervin. Gervin. <laughs> Gervin. So she directed um, Go Between. The reason why I chose Anna is because she um, directed Go Between, a, a first performance that I was involved in at the Young Vic. It's a project made with uh, 30 homeless people um, who either had direct experience of being homeless or had been in the past. That was a project where I met um, loads of like-minded people and I felt included and um, I felt accepted. And it was amazing being a part of a project. I remember Anna, at the end of the project, she gave us a card and all of us got a card with a nice little message written on it. It was really lovely. It was really telling. Nice gesture from her. And John, you were in Go Between as well. What yeah. are your memories of that? Yeah. Wonderful. It was the first thing we actually did with um, Neighbourhood. I remember um, talking with Imogen and uh, Kirsten downstairs about and when they told me that they were planning... Imogen Brody and Kirsten Adam that used to work yes, in the Taken yeah, Part yeah. team. Full names. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I have difficulties with full names. But anyway, um, yeah, and, uh, and like, like the others have just said, it was uh, your people. But it was first time really that, um, well, being the first play of the Neighbourhood Theatre. But my first experience actually was before that, um, five years before with Taking Part, and that was in uh, Matthew Zia's production of The um, Sound of Yellow. Uh, and that's where I basically came into the building. I'll never forget Imogen making a speech afterwards to refer to uh, the young Vic would now always be our home, which to our homeless people is, means a really lot, absolute lot. And, uh, and it is, over the years, it has. I do think of this place as home. 
and it all stems from that. But there was something really interesting about uh, The Sound of Yellow. It's about synesthesia. That's where you um, you see noises and stuff. It's where all the senses get muddled up. And smell colours and things smell like that. Smell colours, etc., etc. And it was an amazing show. Uh, but also it really did sort of lift me to thinking about how theatre works. Because in a sense, that's what you do. You trick the senses to think that this is actually happening. Uh, and stuff, and, and that's part of the magic of it. So yeah, it was a good start. What's interesting as well is as we talk about these shows, and we talk about these directors. You said Anna Gervin, you said Matthew Zier. I could throw in Justin Oderbeck. They've they've made shows here with the community, and you know it's it's kind of springboarded their careers to to other places and other things as well. So this is a fantastic opportunity for participants, but it's also a fantastic opportunity for the creative teams behind yeah. it as well. That reminds me because through being involved with the Young Vic, we also collaborated with Battersea Arts thing, and we did this show in a North. London Park called Babel. That was another fantastic thing. Fanta- well, tell us what, what was Babel. I think it was to do with the Bible, but it was a um, reimagining thing. And we had actors dressed in security thing. And do you know some people thought they were real, they thought they were policemen, <laughs> and they started attacking them. <laughs> Thelma is now crying with laughter (laughs) silently which is why you can't hear or see anything that was amazing it reminded because the other day I actually went to see uh, a production in a theatre that my niece did her graduation showing and I came at it from another angle than I used to go to and I thought this is the pub we did that production in (laughs) (laughs) and there was this it was but in February, and it was freezing cold in the middle of winter, and there was one actor stark naked <gasps> in the woods, probably because it was an interactive show, yeah. because people went around in groups. And I thought he didn't even have shoes on. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, was that mind. the bit you noticed, Elvin? <laughs> yeah. He didn't have shoes on. <laughs> because I thought, if I'm freezing cold I'd at least want warm shoes on yeah I remember um, it was another fantastic production with the young Vic collaborating with other um, yeah. artistic um, yeah. productions yeah no, I, I, when you were saying about the directors that come here the, the, also the different styles I mean since I've been at the young Vic I've done uh, monologues I've done dialogue I've done movement I was involved in a film and I took part in the Twelfth Night with which Kwame um, did as his first playback as artistic director, where I was singing and dancing in the chorus for fifty-three shows in in the main theatre, five stars in all the national press. So it's, it's not just how much fun things are, but it's the variety of things. If someone had told me I would have done a movement piece, which is sort of a contemporary dance piece before I'd actually went and did it, I would have laughed at them because my, my self-image would not have let me do that. And the, the young has let me explore all these different parts of me. And, I, and I, I don't think I've ever done anything here I haven't liked and I haven't ended up loving at the end and whatever because they just they give you the, the tools to be able to do it. And it's been, as I said before, it's been life-changing this place. So... And you mentioned Twelfth Night, directed by Kwame Kwayama. Tell us about that. What was that all about? Oh, that was that was crazy. I mean, I went to the audition because, I, as I'd said, I was trying to be an actor, and I thought I bet I need to go to auditions 
to get turned down, to learn what being turned down for an audition is like. Because it's hurtful. So I went along and then next thing you know, I get an email saying you've been accepted. And I have to be honest, I can sing. The dancing bit was, they, they did put me at the back. And I don't blame them. I would have put me at the back as well. Um, well, you have to be at the back because you're so tall and big. I know, that's also true. I did, but I think, I think it was more on the talent side of it. But it was very, it was so inclusive. We had someone who's in the cast, in the, there was a community cast of 60 people split into two cohorts. So one, one cohort would do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, matinee, Wednesday evening. The second cohort would do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, matinee, Sun, Saturday night. And there was two, so two cohorts with 60 people. But my, and you had a double. If you, someone couldn't make one show, someone from the other cohort could fit in for them. And my double dropped out. So I ended up doing all of the shows, which is an amazing experience. A lot of the things with the neighbourhood are quite short runs. So two shows, six shows. To do that whole run and learn how actors have to come in, no matter how they're feeling, no matter what time of the year it is, no matter what time of the day it is, all of those things day after day after day and produce, was just, I, I, I watched every single performance because I wanted to watch some, some amazing actors doing their craft over and over again and see, watching them, what happened when it went wrong? To be, and partly, and it was, it was joyous. The audiences, every, every performance, you just looked around and people within five minutes of starting, everyone was smiling. I mean, you can't, to be on stage and knowing that you're making an entire room full of people happy, and this is right at the beginning and you know it just gets better, was an amazing, I keep saying the word life-changing, but, you know, I'm sorry, I've, yeah. Life change. I, I think I should have it tattooed on my arm. <laughs> Young bit life changing. Performing to five hundred people every day and twice on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And with professional people who were at the top of their game. I mean, watching Gerard play Marolio and the way he took the audience and just took them along on this journey. And he, he, I mean, he stole the show every night, but he stole it because he was so brilliant. It, it, it was. Mesmerising, and I watched him. You know, I've watched it every night and it's on every show, and he's still thinking he's really good. Isn't he? <laughs> he, he, well, he didn't have a bad night. He didn't. It's that whole thing about learning how professionals have to be. It's it, so to me. I used it one as a an experience, but I learned it. I used it to gain experience. Was anyone else in Twelfth Night, John? You were must be, were you part no. of that? I was. Auditioned, but I didn't get it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, maybe we'll edit that bit out. <laughs> I actually agree with what Pixie says. I haven't been in in-house production, but I love the fact that people in the Taking Part group were offered that opportunity to be in the real shows. And as, as um, Pixie said, the different cohorts to do different things and watching that process because we can't all be in it. And like John auditioned for a couple of but didn't get it. And also it's the, it's the time as well. It was a real mix, wasn't it, that community chorus? It was people aged sort of 18, 19 and people in their 70s, wasn't yeah. they? Well, I'd just like really to add what to what our Pixie's been. Uh, I just said, I mentioned too, like, like we started with uh, The Sound of Yellow, and then the high point, I think, uh, was actually um, with Go Between. But in between, just like PC was saying, the amount of stuff that I actually did here 
um, with completely different shows. Sometimes I was a part of a community chorus. Sometimes I was actually in the actual play itself, and and uh, and movement pieces, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But one that really sticks in my mind uh, is the trial, and that was well weird because they had a travelator in the middle of um, the stage. And uh, for those who don't know, the travelator is basically uh, like you get in some train stations or airports that move you along. Now the thing was that sometimes it went one way, sometimes it went the other. Sometimes we came in on the side, sometimes we climbed off it, sometimes we had to go backwards, then go forwards while stepping up and down. This We all learnt a lot of new skills, trying to remember the old line that we actually had, but um, it really showed me what this place is capable of, that literally could take it to. And of course the other one, which I wasn't actually in, but really blew my mind away, uh, was the inheritance and Yoma. And uh, luckily, we did some workshops on both of those. And again, learned loads from such people uh, uh, on such a professional level and the wonder of this place. So, so, John, what you're saying about the trial, it actually reflects Kafka's work then, because it sounds just like Kafka. <laughs> yeah, never-ending yes. conveyor belt. So the trial was... That was directed by Richard Jones around 2015, I think. Did that sort of push you as a performer, stretch you as an actor, kind of what you what you were asked to do on that, that travelator night after night? <laughs> it certainly tested my physical dexterity. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, I remember luckily going on the wrong side, but luckily I had the sense to turn my back round. <laughs> so I was actually going backwards while saying something to end up in the right place. So um, what about you, Alyssa? As an actor, sometimes I get rusty and I get a stalemate and stagnant and of not doing anything at all. So being a part of the Young Vic has led me to so many things and opened up so many doors for me personally. So one thing led to another. I was in one play, then it led me to another play and I met so many amazing people along the line. And it's about taking the leap and it's about bravery, being brave and not being scared of just going for it and not knowing what way it's going to take you, how much you're going to get for it. If you really love acting, then you should be brave and be bold and take every single opportunity because you really never know where it's going to take you. Pixie. I know when we were talking about the different various things we've done, and Elisa just it tripped my memory about the fact that we used to, whenever they did a show in the main theatre, we would do a response to that play, which yeah. is something that sort of tailed up a little bit. And then now I'm part of the group Neighbourhood Play, which is for the over 55s, where we go and see see a show in the main main place, and then work out. Um, a response to it, and it's a, it's a short piece. We don't do a whole total reimagining of it. We take inspiration from it, and 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 it's it's been running, and it gives people from the ages of fifty five way up to I'm not even sure eighty yeah, possibly, yes. or a chance to come out for a few weeks, and we put something together, and we put and it's it's done properly. We got good, we get loads of good support, and it's fun. And fun has got to be a big thing. And who would forget our marvellous rendition of Hamlet in 30 minutes, the Oklahoma in 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, God. Still good. And we had the chance to move, act, sing, write, 
Our versions of it, yes. They are definitely fond memories for me as well. And Selma, you're also a neighbourhood player, aren't you? Yes, I am. I love it to death. What about neighbourhood? Uh, it, it's really good because, um, and also, it was wonderful before the new team. And then we had this new team come in and they changed things up and did things differently. We even could do Picassos and stuff like that. <laughs> I'd never heard of this, old woman, black person. And, and that, I just got hooked on it, and now I want to go to the shows and do the dances. The TV series about New yes, York in the 80s, yes. yeah. Yes. Which one? So Pose. Pose. Remember oh, when we had um, Omar and we had to do the dance moves? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought it was called something else. The play was called something else, the television show was called Pose. Oh, right. How many neighbourhood play participants are there? About 30. Yeah. Possibly. Well, possibly th- there's possibly 30, but not cool. everyone can make everything because yeah. people just... have commitments. It's a midweek thing. It's on a Thursday afternoon or Thursday lunchtime. So sometimes you have things to do. So, so you can't always make every, everything at the thing of it. But it's very loose and very open to just turning up yeah, and And some people work, so they can't always. Yeah, but it's usually around about a dozen. And, of course, there's different levels and different ages. And, uh, but it works. Mainly it's because it's tongue-in-cheek. You know, it's our way of um, appreciating what's going on in the main house. But at the same time, taking the mickey a little bit about... And you mentioned all different ages... Alicia, you were very, very pregnant when I first met you, and you had a baby during your time with taking part in your involvement with us. So that must have been quite a, a, a life-changing experience for you as well, in kind of becoming a mother while also becoming and remaining a participant with us. Um, yes, absolutely. And my favourite memory of involvement is a play uh, called The Rat and the Cat, which is a <laughs> collaboration of myself and John Watts. What I really like about this play is that uh, we wrote it together with John. Um, I just had a baby maybe a month prior to that. I, I like this play because we had to wear, we had to wear masks. All of the cast plays had to wear a mask. I was a cat and John had to wear a rat mask. Um, it was it was challenging at the time, and Pixie was wearing a pig, <laughs> so it was challenging at the time because I had to project my voice, and I was sweating like a pig inside my mask. Um, but it was amazing because my daughter actually came to the show, and I think she behaved quite well, didn't she? She did during our bit, but she started to behave a little bit out of sync after. How do I put this? Moment she couldn't hear our voices, suddenly... <laughs> well, to be fair, she is five months old yeah. at this point. <laughs> I also really liked it because, um, because young Vic kindly allowed a five-month-old baby to be there in the audience, which sometimes is quite challenging to bring a baby to the theatre and yeah and she was there in the audience watching her mom perform and I think she thoroughly enjoyed it. Pixie do you remember that as well? Yeah I, I, I was thinking it reminded me of some of the things that the young Vic has done because in that particular play we we all wrote little parts of it and we we actually came up with it really quickly it was done in like it was I think we had two weeks to do the entire thing which in it's in this terms, it's incredibly quick. 
But the young bits give gives people a chance to write their own little bits. Sometimes I mean, not whole plays are going to get put on in the main house. We're not talking, but to get to hone your writing skills and to actually get your stuff performed in front of an audience, which I've had two or three bits now I've had put into plays, and it's encouraged me as a writer so much so that this year I wrote something that got part of a radio four play. So it, I don't think I would have been doing that if, if I hadn't started writing stuff at the Young Vic. No, I'm just thinking about, especially when Vix has just mentioned about the writing front, um, because when the, the COVID started and lockdown started, the neighbourhood players made a suggestion uh, of something to keep us sane, if anything, on Zoom. And one of the ones was uh, to write a blog. I just sent off number 115. <laughs> <laughs> on Monday, uh, and so it continued on, and it's just showing like, and then actually, Carpool Citizens picked it up as well, and they run with it, um, which some of us are members of the world. So it just shows what you start off doing something, just a few words, next thing you know, it's out there. So even during COVID and lockdowns, you still had a relationship with this building and with with taking part. Oh God, yes, at least how many Zoom things we did, I don't know as well, and uh, also. We started up doing actually face-to-face stuff long before anybody else and stuff. Okay, we were all testing and doing all the, the right things. But yeah, it did. Well, as the brief was at the beginning, it kept us sane. As following on from John, what he said about doing Zoom, and we kept our Thursday morning theatre taking part group, that even then I cannot understand how Corinne managed to get such brilliant performances and actually to put a show together. Corinne's the facilitator, right? Corinne Meredith, the movement director yes, on Neighbourhood yes, Players. Yes, yeah. yes, because we think we have three weeks to do something, haven't we, Pixie? Mm. And we think it'll never happen, but it does. And, and you know, the workers are just so brilliant, as you know, Dan, being an ex-one yourself. <laughs> and were you part of that during lockdown as well, yeah. Pixie? Yeah, during lockdown, they actually ran a lot of sort of masterclasses where they would have different topics and you could sign up. You didn't have to sign up for the whole course. You could pick up, pick the bits you wanted. I found out what a dramaturg was. Which, since then, I can't move in the theatre without hearing about drama. So, but before <laughs> that, I, I think maybe because I didn't know what it was, my brain never heard it, heard yeah. the word. The people who work here, they do become your friends. It's like, not, not people you see every day, but when you see them, you smile. I walk in the building and I say hello to Joe, who's works in the box office. And it's like, I walk in and I feel happy. You know, it's home. And rewinding a little bit, Pixie, you mentioned doing a writing programme here. Um, Thelma, you also do that, don't you? Neighbourhood voices. I am on it now. And so, that is that different than to being a performer and being and you know performing in projects here? Completely different. However, because you're a performer, you have more of an idea of what writing a play should be about because it's about attracting an audience and keeping them. I have no idea what I'm doing, but Shireen has every confidence that we will <laughs> write a play. Shereen Jasmine Phillips, the director yes. of Taking Part. Yes, they are so supportive, and in fact, they make me believe it myself. I still have no idea, but they think you will do it, so I will do it. Fantastic. And as you Alexa. Alexa said, it's about being bold. You know, it's about being bold and just going for it. <laughs> have you found that as well Pixie that being a performer has shaped how you're writing now as well oh absolutely I mean I, 
I think sometimes I write stuff and then I, when I'm hearing it in my head, I'm thinking I actually wouldn't be able to say that. If I hadn't have gone on stage here and written stuff, but I mean, a lot of the time I was writing stuff on myself, but I had other, obviously then I've got other people. I mean, I've had John somewhere else actually just going, no, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying <laughs> And it's, you have, you learn how to actually edit and you'd have to learn that. Because it sounds great on the paper, it might not work on um, stage. Dialogue. Yeah, just to, again, to a big C. It's a question of learning to trust. That if someone says that ain't going to work, you mm. trust them and, and, and equally back. And, and again, thinking about what this place actually uh, enjoys is trust to trust. And Alicia, you mentioned the cat and the rat. Who was that? A new piece of writing? That was a completely new piece of writing for me as well, and. I wanted to write it myself, the whole piece, but um, I'm not the best of writers, um, so I had to ask for an advice to John. That's when we agreed to maybe do it together and then get other people involved in it because that was such a massive project for me. So it gave an opportunity for people like Pixie, John and other people to get involved in this project. And an open question for any of us around this table today. So there's one, two, three, four um, regular neighbourhood um, taking part, um, participants here. What about the people that aren't around the table right now? Any kind of special memories or people that you've met or interactions that you've had with, with your fellow participants or, or members of a creative team? Alicia. So um, we have another brilliant actress. Her name is Yvonne, and she's absolutely amazing. She's got, she's always ready. She is um, always helpful, and um, I don't know why she couldn't make it today, but she was meant to be here. Um, she, she's been involved with uh, um, Young Vic for a number of years. I think she started at and got between. Say, um, same as me at the same year, 2016. You mentioned Yvonne, I just want to, uh, my own memory is of her in um, Carnation for a Song, which was a community musical with older lesbian, gay, uh, bisexual and queer uh, Londoners in it. And my special memory of that is one of the participants, uh, Jamie Wildman, who um, was terminally ill while making that show their own generosity, Jamie was non-binary and used they, their pronouns, their own generosity, helping to fund that show and make that happen. Top secret, of course, uh, at the time, uh, revealed at the end of the run. But kind of that's how much it meant to Jamie to make that show for these underrepresented voices mm. to be heard. You know, sometimes you're in theatres and they say, oh, we give a voice to this community or this group. I think that's a bit arrogant because everyone's got a voice. What you're giving is an opportunity for that voice to be heard uh, for once. What do you think, John? Exactly that, going from Elise's point. Um, the list is just too long. And it's as simple as that. I just can't imagine. Is it? it must be. I don't think, trying to even put a number on it is actually completely impossible. And, but uh, what the real thing about it is, is how it all is organic and the way it actually interacts uh, with each other. There's a wonderful French word, engrenage. And it means gearbox about how all the different parts. There might be different sizes, they might be doing different things, different purposes, but together they actually work. Mm -hmm. By the way, that's also the name, the French name for the spiral of the TV series. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's exactly what this is. It's a spiral. So we're talking about people who had influence and whatever. I mean, 
Well, they were mentioned briefly earlier, but Kirsten Adams and Imogen Brody were majorly influential on everything that happened in the neighbourhood when I joined it. I've never, you know, the amount of support and because I had a bit where I had a monologue and I'd never really done that thing on stage and whatever. And the amount of, because I was doing a monologue and a lot of other people were doing stuff with other people, I was left on my own a lot while other people rehearsed. And they gave me an audience to be able to rehearse on my own with someone there. And they gave me so much encouragement. And I don't think I would have been stood on stage in front of that many people in traverse, which means all the audience are either side of you. So you just, you feel surrounded by people. You're not looking out at them. They're looking in at you, in at you, which is a very different experience to a lot of things that happen in theatre. And they, they gave me so much and I wouldn't be here without them. Nope. <laughs> looking back, I actually think, um, one of the reasons that, um, well, one of the reasons why I'm here and stuff is with, with the, um, the previous um, artistic director, David. David Lamb. David Lamb. How he encouraged us, if that's the right word, to be involved in things that were even beyond theatre as such. Like it was a political forum place for us for ideas and stuff. And I remember doing, God knows how much stuff with you, Dan, uh, uh, which actually were, every time there was an election on, we would do hustlings here and stuff like that. So it was much, much broader than just being an arts place. In other words, it was a true community, and not every community has its political uh, agenda, should we say. I remember David Land saying that the work on in the large theatre space was one half of the circle, and the work done by all of the Taking Part strands was the second half of the circle, and you did both parts of the circle to make the whole. And I remember, John, you doing a reading at um, a Letters for the Earth event that was here a couple of years ago, again, showing the kind of the, uh, the, um, the, the breadth of work that this theatre produces, with um, Alicia and Baby in, in audience. One week old. <laughs> one, one week old. <laughs> I'd also like to mention Jenny, who we can rely on after each three-week period would take in a card and flowers for the facilitators. I just think that is so brilliant that we rely on her doing that now. And for her bright colours, it encourages me to dress up and get out of depression. With someone who hasn't been mentioned, because he tended to work more with the younger members, but was Rob, who... Even though he wasn't always involved directly with us, was always around and apart and a, and a driving force. I heard a very good hustler for getting money out of the Arts Council, so <laughs> so the rumours went. Um, and so it, there was a it's a whole team, and it's a whole group of people who all dovetail together and create amazing art. And you get you get to come and see. I get to see. I get free tickets to see everything in the main theatre. And every time I walk into the theatre, anyone who hasn't been to the Young Vic, every, it's, in, it's like a, just an open space. It's not like a, a stage at one end. So every time you walk into that room, it's a completely different room. And you walk, I went, when I saw the first thing of Twelfth Night, I was, I was here filming a, a film for a thing called My England, performing a poem. Imogen said, oh, do you want to nip in and have a look at the set? because we'd been rehearsing somewhere else. And I walked in, and I was just... It, I was blown away. Every time you walk into the main theatre, it's a completely different world. And whoever did the, the... The people who put all the set together and design it are absolute geniuses. I would actually agree with that, because one of the things I learned about 
being part of taking part is how the how we work from the background, the technical bits, the lighting, the sound, the, the person who sits there like a helicopter knows everything that goes on. Is that the stage manager? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sadly, you don't get to see those, those people, you know, behind the, behind the stage. But without them, I think they are the core people. None of this would have happened. None of this yeah. would exist. Definitely not. None of us would be here as actors yes. without those people. We because also... I've always admired the carpenters because I didn't realise that you had a permanent set. It Again, it's part of the team because it's that synergy that goes on. So they, they, they don't, they actually, it's like seasoning meat. It sort of just seeps in. <laughs> and, and everybody knows what's going on and the blend and everything. And... Um, it's just the way they teach us about the technical bits and who does what and the the wardrobe and everything. Make it's 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 really really after I um, got involved in taking part, I never thought that a, a theatre ticket was expensive after that. Well, Pixie and Selma mentioned getting free tickets to see shows on a regular basis. Every show that's on here. You, as a member of the um, Neighbourhood Theatre, come and see that show for free. What does that mean to you, uh, that, that opportunity to see so much work for free? If I get something that I'm absolutely grateful for that, and the shows is amazing because you get to see... Who did we see last time? Uh, the French painter and the French The collaboration. It was amazing to get to see this, you know, the, these people live, performing live and... Well, I learned loads about technical stuff when we were, we were putting a play on and suddenly we did tech rehearsals. Because if a lot of people, if you do stuff in a little hall or whatever, a lot of am dram, which I suppose some of what we've done, what I've done here is, is glorified am dram, which, you know, is am dram in a, in a professional theatre. We had the techs that come in, oh, they have lighting people, proper lighting people, and they do a complete a technical run. You know, they have a day or two days of technical stuff, which I've always, a lot of the directors say that's when the, the talented people arrive, when the techs <laughs> arrive. And, which taught me a little bit about how some directors yeah. think about actors. But it's, you know, to be able to do that and learn how to top and tail a scene so that you can get the lighting right is something that a lot of the time you don't get when you do it outside because lighting is we just turn the lights on or off. We don't have marks and all of that. And you haven't got time to do the whole speech. So you've got to learn your first couple of lines and your last couple of lines of the speech and then and be able to keep it moving. And it's amazing education. I think the Young Vic saves the National Health Service a lot of money. <laughs> because we're taking part. We're happy, we're keeping health, we're coming out. So we're less likely to sit at home and depress and overeat and stuff like that. That's incredible that you that you say that thing. I remember I, I was producing a show here called um, The Curtain, which had a cast of uh, stroke survivors and people who were recovering from, from the their stroke. With the swimming pool, yeah. And um, you could see um, the recovery in people's language over the course of that the course of that run. So yeah, the, the link between Physical health and mental health and theatre and art and participation is so there to see. Really, I'm isn't so it? glad we got that in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there was also the thing, um, there was a, a project here down with kids who have been excluded from school. And there's a school where kids who are excluded, it's like the bad kids' school. 
and they did a whole project there. They'd had to deal with some of the kids throwing tantrums during the show and storming off. And they, everyone just stayed calm. Everyone did it properly. The kids came back on stage and actually finished the show. And the learning that they would have got rather than that they can throw, throw a tantrum and then and actually be able to join back in rather than I've made this decision and I've got to stick to it and everything's now gone wrong was an amazing experience to watch. And I watched, you know, that's the sort of thing on the outreach that the young bit does. But a lot of us don't necessarily see because it happens outside and occasionally they'll bring it into the building. The thing with taking part is that it's not just based here. It actually takes part outside in the community. I can remember going to prisons, um, homeless hostels, community centres. Uh, the list is rather long. And they always bring something back. This is exactly what Dan just mentioned earlier about the circle. So that was quite funny, actually going to Wandsworth Prison uh, and then seeing the same play done by youngsters inside uh, who are outside but had had trouble with the law. And they were doing that in the Clare. And it was just amazing, like Dan said, that how that circle of taking part uh, goes round on itself. I think that's really important that you mention that, John, that um, things happen outside of this building, outside of these, you know, bricks and mortar. Because just because a building says, hey, our doors are open, come on in, doesn't mean that people are going to want, want to do that. So by actually going into the centres, going into St. Mungo's, going into uh, the pupil referral units or wherever it might be, and then once you've made a relationship, once you've got each other's trust, you say, do you know what, I've come to your gaff, why don't you come to mine next time and trust then build it from there. Trust to trust to trust. I think a lot of people who grew up like me, I was in care, blah, blah, blah. Theatre was not for us. It was not. A, a lot of people's idea of theatre is that they see the West End shows where the tickets are 200 quid and you've got, you wait nine months or two years to get a ticket. That's how they think theatre is. And taking theatre to the community, and there is a ballot for, or there is a way of working out that people can join the neighbourhoods, maybe get a chance to get free tickets maybe can come and see stuff that they wouldn't normally get a chance to see. So it is really important because theatre has a has a reputation for being a middle-class occupation, and it isn't. It, well, it doesn't have to be, and the young Vic enforces the fact that it doesn't have to be. Yes, I'd agree with that, because people talk about getting people involved and coming to the theatre and, and reaching the hard-to-reach group. You're not going to reach them, so you have to go out. And once they have um, contact with you, they're more likely to come in. You know, because so many people, they have this thing, how do we get people? We have the hard-to-reach groups. You just have to be proactive and go out there and find create creative ways. We are theatre after all, so we can afford to be creative to get people in. Well, an example of that is when I went with um, Corinne Meredith to run Neighbourhood Play at St Mungo's in Camden participants who were there because it was in their hostel you know they would come downstairs and what's all this about I'm gonna I'm gonna spend two hours doing this then would come to the young Vic for the next series which is you know mm. example of it exactly working in, in the in the intention of going to places and saying why don't you come and try this again at our place I think there's also the thing um when I was doing 12th night looking out on a Wednesday matinee and seeing all the school parties in the, the, the young bit gives a lot, lot of things, which is part, must be part of taking part. They, they give free tickets to schools to come and see the plays at, you know, in, for free 
So, it, which is going to open up kids' kids' um, eyes to theatre. Yeah. That's the thing. It's called the Young Vic for a good reason. <laughs> get the youngsters in and get them involved in theatre who normally would never actually get anywhere. And I think that's one of the um, the best things about this place. So something that's been really highly successful uh, in making um, theatre accessible to all, but specifically to the poor young. And you look at the, the audiences in, at the Young Vic, you know, on, on any production, on any given night, and that is what London should look like, mm. isn't it? There are yeah. people who are younger, there are yeah. people who are older, there are people from all uh, backgrounds, there are people from the global majority, there are people who live down the road, there are people that, cut, that come from further afield, but that is London, isn't it? And that's it, what is, it, it is. It's an affordable place to come to. I remember, I, I think it might still be there, it used to be the um, long line from the place. Um, yeah, it used to be, it's a big world in here. And I think that's exactly it. You might walk through that door thinking you're going into a little theatre, but you're not. If we go round the table and ask um, you to kind of come up with one or two words to describe your memories or your thoughts or or your time at the Young Vic so far in taking part and perhaps some of your hopes for what it continues to offer you and what you continue to, to give to it as well. I've had a ball. Totally, it's... It changed my life. I said it before. I mean... To say life-changing, I really, really seriously mean that. The place totally changed my life. For me, it's like a big sigh. It's it's an escape. It's a relief. And when I was younger, I wanted to be a comedian. It's not going to happen now, but I can still sort of envisage that as I'm here and just have fun. I think... Um, as I said, I think theatre really impacts positively mental health and well-being and may it continue. And I hope this is one of the things that they emphasise in the grant funding because I think it works. I just hope to continue getting free tickets as <laughs> possible for shows because I think everyone has a um, last a freebie. So that, that that would be amazing, and I just like to be I just like to continue being a part of this amazing thing. And thank you for being there for me. And I feel included, and I feel privileged to be a part of the Young Vic. Most of my life, uh, I've been involved in the arts or the creativity part of the arts. Always, you're always on the, the search for somewhere where you feel welcome, where you feel comfortable, you feel at ease. You can say what you want. Like, dislike, so, and we use the word home, and I don't want to say it again, but it really is simple as that, especially coming from a homeless person. And I go to a lot of theatres, and one thing I notice about the Young Vic, although they all have different energies, the energy in the Young Vic is completely different to everywhere else. It's just an electric energy. It's, it's a wonderful, alive energy. Well, Alyssa Christie, John Watts, Pixie Madison and Thelma Purcell, let me tell you that, that, that um, Neighbourhood Theatre, well, taking part at the Young Vic is 25 years old. So I think to end this, after three, we should all shout happy birthday taking part. Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Happy birthday taking part. Thank you so much for this chat. It's been brilliant. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. This podcast has been created by members of the Neighbourhood Theatre Company at the Young Vic Theatre. To learn more about Neighbourhood Theatre Company at the Young Vic, please check out our website on www.youngvic.org 
forward slash taking hyphen part. Or you can follow us on Twitter at YV taking part.